0: Welcome to the Springin' Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Parr, and this is the place to be for all things equestrian lifestyle, horses, entrepreneurship, and inspiration for all of your equestrian endeavors. I'm here to get your insider's addition to what it's really like having a business or career in the equestrian industry and find out how people balance their passion and their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here with me, so come along for the ride. Hey guys, I was recently inspired by another podcast that I was listening to about real estate investing. Don't leave, I promise I won't talk about it for long. I Well, what happened was they were just having like a conversation on the podcast and they would take um, like one of the guests' examples of investment they just made with location and price and all of the things that they put into it and they'd kind of in real time input that into a spreadsheet and then get, you know, okay, so like at the end of the day, each month, you're either, you know, like you're making 50 bucks or you're losing this. And, um, this is the best opportunity, you know, either to sell or to keep renting or to um, buy another or to refinance. I don't know. It was super interesting because I love when people actually talk about legitimate hard. What is the word I'm looking for? Now it sounds really weird. Um, like actual finite, maybe numbers. (laughs) Um, Because I just think that we need more of that, especially in this industry. And so one of the things I thought about was sharing a lot of these breeding costs because, um, I get questions about it, but also, um, this is the first year ish that I really looked at it from a different perspective through a different lens, because I kind of fluked into breeding. I had my first full in 2016, again, would not recommend doing that. I do not regret any of it. I've had some amazing, amazing folds, and I still have my hand in the pot with every single one of them. I get to see their milestones. I get updates. I am so happy with the experiences that I've had um, with folds over the years, and I think that's why I'm still doing this. Because I, I believe if it wasn't a good experience, I probably wouldn't have. It's always been a hobby of mine. My business has funded this, and. I recently started to look at it through a different lens. Now that I have the space in place, um, you know, I have to make sure that the numbers line up a little bit and I can't just be blowing money where I don't really have the money to do that. Um, so this is a different structure for me. I have bigger goals. I have higher risk, (laughs) hopefully more reward. Um, but that's where I'm at with breeding. And I know that back in the day, I never really could find a breakdown even I couldn't really get one from my vet because there's a lot of variables that go into the process of breeding a horse and keeping that horse all the way until you have a foal on the ground um and that being said when I look at it I you do have to consider the fact that you have a 320 day to you know 380 day gestation period where you're just going to be caring for that mare and that's also expensive um it's not just the initial cost of breeding it's keeping that horse and keeping that mare happy. And that is so important because it's very, unfortunately, frequent, easy to lose foals. They're not viable um, until later on in pregnancy. And that actually happened to me for the first time this past spring. And not only was it a financial loss, it, it was more importantly, just a really emotional experience. And it was really difficult, you know, having a mare, um, go through that and experiencing that with her. I mean, I'm, I'm very much over the cost of what it cost me to make sure she was okay and, you know, be in the right hands for the, the process. But it was also very sad to see an almost viable, beautiful colt uh, that unfortunately just didn't, didn't make it quite to where it needed to make it. And that was my first experience with that. So I've lived very much now the reality of, I think, a horse breeder, because most of them have had those experiences. Um, we also lost an embryo late this season, so lots to consider It's definitely not for the fate of heart and it's not exactly a lucrative business, but I have some deep missions around it and I'm hoping that I can kind of make it make enough sense financially that I can work towards those, those goals. So. For me, I look at my overall cost, which I'm approximately feeding like 34 pounds of hay per day per horse, which I guess seems a little bit high, but when you account for the variance in the sizes of horses and also a little bit of wastage, that's what I'm paying. So it ends up being about 138 bucks a month per horse in hay. I have big horses, they eat a ton of hay. Um, They probably honestly could be eating more. And if you have smaller sized horses, It might be completely different, but that's my conservative end. And then it's about $36 in baseline grain a month. Again, I have additives. I have supplements. I have horses that eat a lot more than others. But when I looked at it, that's kind of my conservative number. 78 bucks a horse per month for shavings. And there is not really any give with that. I I think that there's areas where you can be more mindful with your expenses, but shavings and hay and grain are just not one of those if you want the horse to you know be happy and have a viable pregnancy and also just be healthy in general, you really can't cut on those costs. Um I worked out my ferry I think about like $41 a month per horse because of the fact that we're on like a six or seven week schedule. Almost all my horses are trims. Um so it's a lot cheaper than if you have horses. I do have one with corrective shoeing and it cost me just as much as five trims. So you got to kind of pay attention to that, um, then that's not accounting for any insurances, any vet work, any of that. I think around a year you're looking at thirty five hundred dollars conservatively for just those costs of keeping a horse for that amount of time. I mean, you look at your reproductive costs um, outside of normal veterinary costs. Usually we have like a culture or testing or just like an overall look over at the beginning of the season to make sure the mares are good. So you're going to end up paying for that. And then multiple ultrasounds at that time to gauge where they are in their cycle, um, you know, find the optimal time for breeding. And then insemination at that point in time. And I think when I'm up to there, it's about $700 to that point. Um, and of course you have to have some sort of stallion contract in order to breed your horse. So you have to pay, you don't pay your vet for that. You pay a stallion owner or somebody who has a contract for that. Um, and then there's a difference between buying a contract versus bu- buying, you know, semen outright, frozen semen. Someone selling doses, whatever it might be, might be cheaper, but you're not protected by a life full guarantee. So it really depends. Your contracts are going to be more expensive. Buying stuff outright is going to be more risky, but cheaper. Depends on what you're doing there. Um, let's say conservatively, the contract is a $2,000 contract. You pay $300 per collection. That's when you actually need to use it. At that point, where your vet's going to do the insemination and then a hundred dollars again, conservatively for shipping to get it to you when you need it. So there you are already, then you're going to want to check if your horse is ovulated after that process. Um, And if they have, you're then crossing your fingers and doing marine dances and knocking wood and jumping around because you're hoping that that horse is going to actually be pregnant when you check it in a couple weeks. So then you've got a heartbeat check. If you're lucky going through all that, we have a pregnancy. And a lot of the times it takes multiple collections, multiple times to try. It's very up and down, depends on the mare, depends on the situation and environment. But let's just say that you had success on the first try, then you're looking at advanced pregnancy ultrasounds and just taking care of that horse then for the next year. Vaccinations, your annual normal vaccinations. And then for pregnant mares, your EHV vaccinations. And I think when I added all up those costs up, it rounded out to about $7,400 a year per horse in order to get that, you know, from the beginning stage to the end stage pregnancy without any complications, with a very successful pregnancy, all of those things. Um, And of course, when you have the foal on the ground, you're going to probably need your vet to come out and do uh, a look over and make sure everything is good there, their first vaccinations, anything else that they might need in that point in time. And then eventually they're going to start foraging on their own you're going to get into the process of weaning. And once they're weaned, they need all the same things as a normal horse would. They're still going to need their feet to be done. They're going to need supplementation and food. So then you have an entire horse to be for. So anyways, hopefully those numbers help. My goal, I don't know if I want to call it a goal. My idea and hope for this year is that we can have um, a successful embryo transfer. That's something that we not haven't tried previously we haven't had the right horses. We haven't had the horses for it. And this year, that's kind of the plan. We have a, our donor mare, a recipient mare, and most vets really want you to have more than one recipient mare. So that's kind of what we're leaning towards. Um, but the costs, of course, then increase exponentially because not only do you have multiple horses involved in trying to create one embryo, but um, the process of embryo transfer is more expensive more risky as well so you're paying for that process whether or not it actually has success in the end and i think that's one of the hardest things about breeding horses is um there's no real guarantee um even if you have a success at the beginning too there's a higher chance of loss in certain areas of the pregnancy so just like people i mean the horses really have to have a great environment and i'm learning You know, I've learned a lot over the last several years. Um, So yes, again, there is high risk involved with it, but I also do think that sometimes it's worth the reward because there's really nothing like delivering, you know, a big happy healthy foal and having a really happy excited mare. I think it's quite a one in a lifetime experience and has been for me. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. Hopefully this year, um, that mayor, she's pregnant, she's due in May, so we're getting there. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. Um, and then next year we have some big plans as well so we'll see how that goes and i hope this was helpful for you as far as if you're ever considering it if you just wanted to know in general what it looks like what it costs um, from a financial perspective and if you have any questions of course you are more than welcome to ask me and i can happily direct you to someone who could answer all those questions to fruition that has more experience than i do but it is something that i'm passionate about and i'm learning about and i absolutely love the experience of so I hope you guys have an awesome week and we will see you with another episode on Monday.